Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. Lord, welcome to the biggest Easter service we've ever had in the history of Foundation Church. Last year's Easter was weird, man. It was weird. We were full, fullest we've ever been on an Easter. We had people coming from Tampa. We were it. People were coming to support us because we supported the River Church in Tampa and Pastor Rodney Hour Brown. We had people from the river here, all of that. We had TV cameras out in the parking lot, TV cameras trying to get into the sanctuary. It was weird. It's worse now, but it was weird then. <laughs> Because we're on day 384 of 15 days to flatten the curve, and back then we were on uh, 21 days of 50. We were already six days over at that point, but now we're at 384 days to flatten the curve today. Again, I don't know how you're going to celebrate day 384, but I will tell you that I will be eating large amounts of chocolate today. <laughs> there is no holds barred. It is my excuse the religion on the inside of me is it's chocolate Sunday more than anything. People probably do wonder why it is that we don't have helicopters dropping eggs. Because every day for me is Resurrection Sunday. There are no special days. Every day. Listen, I'll celebrate it today, but every day is Resurrection Day. Don't get caught up too much. Don't be religious. Dive into the word of God. Live in the word and live in the spirit of God every single day. Luke chapter 24, verse 7. The son of man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Now for most Christians, that's it. Jesus was raised to life. He emphasized it on Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Sunday, and there's no practical application it's just some sort, really, oftentimes, it becomes almost mythology to us. Jesus was raised from the dead. It's what we believe in. It's our rhetoric. That's our, you know, it's, it's more than rhetoric. It's what we believe. But oftentimes, what does any Christian really know why Jesus was raised from the dead? Why was Jesus raised from the dead? Was it for our sins? No, it was not for our sins. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died, died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Romans chapter 3, verses 22 through 25, this righteousness from God comes in through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Do you see there anything about him being raised to life for the forgiveness of our sins? It's not there. Why is it not there? Because the forgiveness of our sins does not require resurrection. What is needed for the forgiveness of our sins? It really is quite simple. What is needed for our sin debt to be completely and totally removed? A spotless, perfect atonement, not a resurrection. So why is there a resurrection? It should drive you crazy. Why is there a resurrection? What's needed for the removal of sin is a spotless, perfect atonement. 
Revelation chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. And he shall bring his trespass offering to the Lord, a ram without blemish from the flock, with your valuation as a trespass offering to the priest. Verse 7. So the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord, and he, and, and he shall be given for any one of these things that he may have done in which he trespasses. Now, was the ram raised to life? You can answer out loud. Was the ram raised to life no but the forgiveness was there the spotless atonement the spotless ram the spotless lamb the spotless dove whatever it may be was given but you will not find one time in the old testament where there was a perfect atonement for sin and then the animal was raised back to life not one time will you find that Yet the trespasses were somehow removed. See, what Christians do is they do not delineate Scripture. They clump it all together like a COVID clump. You come in, you got to sit in your COVID clumps today with your church, bring in your lawn chairs, spray them with alcohol so your butt cheeks don't spread the Rona. You bring them in and you sit in your COVID clumps with your masks on, your double masks on, your alcohol gel stations, your social distancing. They clump it all together. They clump scriptures together. Where scriptures are supposed to be line by line and they're very specific. We read verses like Isaiah 53, 5, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we were healed. And we clump it all together and we say that's salvation. That's the forgiveness of sin. It is not. It is not. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. Salvation right there. The blood of the lamb is enough for all of your sins to be extinguished and erased. That was enough. So why is he raised from the dead? Jesus was the spotless lamb, right? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19. But with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit, offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works and to serve the living God? So Jesus was the spotless lamb, wounded for our sin, chastised for the peace. Break that down for just a moment. Isaiah 53, 5, wounded, bruised for your sin, sin's gone. Next line, chastised for your peace. He was insulted for your peace, corrected for your peace so that you can have peace of mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. His chastisement bought that for you. Those are three very different things in this one verse. And by his stripes you're healed. Oh, that means he healed us from all of our sin. That's not what it says. The sin was taken care of in line one. Why would they say it again? Why would Isaiah, a man hearing, a prophet of God, hearing directly from the voice of God, say the same thing twice? He was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquities. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes are forgiveness of sin. It's not what it says. By his stripes we're healed. 
Break down and understand scripture. That's why there's more to the resurrection than salvation. There's more to it than that. Why was he raised from the dead? What was the purpose? What was the end game? How vital is it? Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Kind of important that we believe that he was raised from the dead. So finally, Tom, what is the answer? Why was Jesus raised from the dead? It wasn't for the forgiveness of our sins. It wasn't so God can prove who Jesus was. There was plenty of miracles for that. There's plenty of resurrections for that. He already raised people from the dead. When he was raised from the dead, 500 people saw him in a congregation. There was tombs opening up all over town. The dead who had been dead for years were walking into the city. Facts. (laughs) Dead people. Hey, Dad, haven't seen you for 12 years. How's heaven treating you? Pretty good, son. That's what was going on. So why was Jesus raised from the dead? Here's the answer. It was all for you. Had nothing to do with God. Got quiet on that one. Tom's speaking heresy. Are you sure? Do you read the Bible? Let's look. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. See, the problem is our theology is helicopters full of Easter eggs flying down with, or no, this time it'll be, the, it'll be on Easter, it's Easter eggs with the Easter bunny flying next to the sheriff's office pilot, and they come down, they throw Easter eggs on the ground, and everybody runs around. Oh, look at how we're reaching our community. Christmas, it's Santa in the helicopter next to the sheriff's office pilot with a bag of presents. Look how we're reaching our community. How about we know the Bible instead and actually speak in power and anointing and win people like Jesus did? So why was he raised from the dead? It was all for you. It had nothing to do with God. God didn't need to prove who Jesus was. Most Christians think that Jesus was raised from the dead to validate Jesus. How much more validation does the guy need? How how many times can he feed 5,000 with nothing? Raise the dead, give sight to the blind. Walk into a synagogue with mighty anointing, thousands upon thousands of people following him from town to town and bare feet walking on rocks. We, listen, we're upset if the AC doesn't break 70 on the way to church. Man, it's warm in here. Why was he raised to life? It was for you and for me. I'll read it to you. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins. Line one. Big word, big three-letter word right here. And was raised to life For our justification, for our proof, to prove that you're valid, not him. To prove that you're real, not him. Jesus transferred everything over to you. It's in Matthew chapter 5, 13 through 16. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how should it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing, like the modern church but to be thrown out and trampled under Anthony Fauci's feet. Trampled underfoot by men is the real thing. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket called a COVID clump or a lockdown. 
Nor do you light a lamp and put it under a basket, but you put it on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what's supposed to happen. The resurrection made you the light of the world. Not him. He he did his work already. He's He's not coming back to do work again. He's coming to lift you into the clouds with him to disappear into heaven and to return triumphantly on earth. That's it. He's not, he's not coming back to win the lost. That's our job. He's not coming back to raise the dead and give sight to the blind. That's our job. You're welcome. I want to say this because I put this out to the first service. If you brought your family and friends here and they're offended, that's your fault. You gotta fix it over Easter dinner. Tom's really not that bad. You gotta talk to him one-on-one. Whatever it is that you gotta do to fix it, you fix it over dinner. It was all for you that he was resurrected. He was delivered over to death for our sins. Done. How do you get to heaven? Your sins are forgiven. Narrows the way. Few choose to ever have their sins forgiven. Matthew chapter 7, 13 and 14. It is for you. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life to justify the believer, to validate you, to say that you are powerful. Philippians chapter 3, 10 and 11 says this I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. See, it's not about coming together once a year and having a quote unquote resurrection Sunday. We, I want to know Christ. I want to live in the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship, get ready for this part, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad. Don't pout. If you're going to pout, sign up at LA Angel. It's right there. Six through eight, you can go ahead and say, it doesn't matter, because you can identify whatever sex you want to be these days. So go in there, man, woman, or child, and say, I'm a 12-year-old girl. If you can't handle Matthew 5, 11, and 12, which is right before salt of the earth and light of the world, blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Let them. Who cares? I want to know Christ. And the power of his resurrection, which comes, which comes with the glorious bonus of fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Nobody teaches Christians about suffering anymore except Foundation Church. That's why they're all closed. Well, I better wear a mask because what will the store manager think? Who cares? That store manager's probably a flunky, five times divorced who smokes dope and watches porn all night. Who cares what he thinks? Listen, tell him to take his mask and shove it up his rear end. Tell him right to his face. Listen, I told a nurse in the hospital this Friday. I told her, she goes, you know, I went in to go see somebody who had 26 days ago was tested positive for COVID. They still got him in the COVID wing. You can't. It's impossible. So they call me out of the room because I was only wearing the cheapo mask they make you wear when you walk into the hospital. So they call me out and they're like, you got to put on all this stuff. You got to put on the, the, what, uh, the 
gown, the face, the spit shield, the N95. So I'm out there, and so they call me out. You can't be in here like that. The time I was in there before, nobody cared. This time I got COVID Nazi woman, so I got COVID Nazi. So she calls me out of the room. She goes, now, you do know he has COVID, right? And I said this quote, quote, I said, I don't give a crap. I said, I don't give a crap about any of that stuff. It's as bad as my language gets. Don't worry. There's no S-bombs, F-bombs, or anything else, D-bombs, anything you want. There's nothing. Crap is my word. I said, I don't give a crap about that stuff. And by the way, I'm speaking to the nurse. How could he still have COVID? I said this to the nurse. And I wasn't much quieter than I am right now. I said, how could he still have COVID when he tested positive for COVID 26 days ago and COVID last 10 days? Her response was, well, you never know. There's the professionals. Those are the ones who tell you to lock down. And you're going to follow them like you're there, your Pied Piper? Well, you never know what a glorious, well-informed, educated answer that was. How is it that I know more about this than you do? You're a professional in the medical industry. You're an RN. Because COVID's sexy. No, thank you. They got the guy in a COVID incubator. They've got him in a thing you gotta walk through. It's plastic. It's like a it's like a Biden border cage. You walk in there, it's plastic. And you have to split it through, you have to like split the veil like the Holy Spirit tore the veil. Split on the third day, tear it open and walk in. It's a COVID incubator if the guy even had COVID. Who cares? They're gonna, people will call you out. Who cares? Why would you ever care? No, listen, nobody comes up and says a word to me anywhere I go. The only reason why I had a mask on in the hospital is they have a, a guard at the door. <laughs> Temperature take. Bracelet. Mask. Yavol, you commissar. And I walk in. And I take that thing off, and so I walk, stroll throughout the hospital without that thing on. Nobody says a word to me. I go into Home Depot, anywhere else. Nobody says, I have like an anointing upon me. I hate you if you come up and talk to me. Don't come up and ask me about masks. Don't bother with it. Because I'll tell you, I will flat out tell you, if I'm, if I'm happy that day, I'll gently tell you to shove it up your rear end. And if I'm not happy, I'll tell you to find some sort of assistance like with a stick or some sort of machine and shove it further up your rear end. I don't wear lies on my face. If you can't take, if you can't take Matthew 5.11 and 5.12, then you can't be salt of the earth 13 or light of the world 14. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. We were on TV last year. They are filming us as we're walking in. They were insulting us. There was blog posts assigned to this church threatening our lives. Who cares? Bring it on, you little putts. What do you have? You better be better than average. If you, if you don't look like Jer and you know martial arts like him, you're probably going to lose to a fat guy like me because I can squeeze hard and I'm fat and stronger than, than the average. <laughs> you're welcome. 
I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. The resurrection was all about you. It wasn't needed for the removal of your sins. They were nailed to the cross. Gone. The spotless lamb was nailed to the cross. It was all about you. Nobody else has a risen Savior but you and I. You, because of the resurrection, you have Romans 8, 11. You have the power of the living God that raises people from the dead, the spirit of God who raises people from the dead living on the inside of you. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who lives in you. That's what the resurrection was all about, was to install you with Romans 8, 11. You've been installed. Don't waste your justification. Don't waste your validation. Don't waste his resurrection. Ephesians chapter five. Listen, you have one time. What are you gonna win when you get to heaven? He's gonna have to wipe away tears of disappointment from Christians. Revelation chapter 21 verse eight. He will have to wipe away tears. It's actually 21, four and five, I think. we we'll wipe away tears. 21, eight's the list of sins. You will wipe away tears because Christians are gonna be disappointed that they found out there was more to Christianity than getting saved and then grinding it out with juice boxes, fruit roll-ups, and minivans for 30 years. And then after the kids leave, you live in depression from empty nest syndrome. You're not vulnerable to any of that. He gave you, he was chastised so that you never don't have peace of mind. There's no loneliness There's no empty nest. There's no midlife crisis. There's no depression. There's no bipolar. He was chastised so that you don't have to go through that ever. There's no mental health days for a believer. Why would you blaspheme God and preach heresy like that? Why would you belittle the sacrifice of your victory, of your resurrection, the power that lives on the inside of you day in and day out, 24-7, 365. Why would you ever need it? But don't waste your life. Ephesians chapter five, verses 15 and 16 says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And they are evil. There's vaccine passports in Denmark. There's vaccine passports in China. There's vaccine passports in Israel. Israel's vaccine passport is called the same thing as China's passport. It's called the Green Pass. There's vaccine passports in New York City. It launched three days ago called the Excelsior Pass. There's vaccine passports about to be launched in Hawaii. There's vaccine passports that are about to be launched, according to Boris Johnson, for only a year. It'll only be a year that we have vaccine passports. If you believe that, you need to pull your head out of what you've already shoved up your caboose. (laughs) Oh, we have 15 days to flatten the curve. One year vaccine passports. We're on 384. Canada is meeting with their G7 partners about what? Vaccine passports. You need to be very careful then how you live. 
not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Resist means actively fight against. By your generation time. You can do it. You can do it. But you, you cannot be a normal Christian anymore. Most normal Christians aren't going to make it. It's he who endures until the end will be saved. You're going to be able, you're going to have to tell people you need to practice with masks. It's like I tell you with healing. Practice with colds, master colds, master prevention, and you'll never be sick again. You need to practice right now with masks and tell people to shove them up their rear end. And then when they come to you with their well health safety seals that they want to put on every business, tell them to shove those up their rear end. And then when they come to you with their vaccine passports, tell them to find a stick and shove those up their rear end. You better learn to do it. These are different times. They are radical times that call for radical action. But you can buy your, if you got kids, you can buy them time. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise of some kind of slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Second Peter 3, 9, that's what he wants. You can buy him time. The Lord, listen, the Lord in Jeremiah 26, 19, the Lord relented. If the church was to have legitimate resurrection, because it is worldwide, dead. I don't know how many of you saw the podcast last night, but I put out that, that the pastor that stood up to the police standing in the foyer of his church. It's in Canada. Pastor Rodney Howard Brown sent that to me right before the podcast. I talked to him on the phone right before that. He, he's, he worries about my attitude. I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't see the sunshine that I see. He's wor- he worries about me being overly negative. So I receive it. He's my pastor. I receive it. He told me to put more humor in the podcast, so I try to put more humor in there. I do what I'm told. He goes, you just, he goes, you rage for two and a half hours. You mix some humor in there. Have some fun. I'm like, okay, I'll try. And when he's really correcting you, he bros you. Bro, bro, bro. See, so he's telling me, he's telling me, he goes, no, he goes, it's not. He's telling me about a church. I'm looking him up when I get home. I have the pastor's last name. Church in England never closed. And they're fighting it, man. They're hardcore. There's life there. There's life there. You have that church in Canada, the one the pastor just got out of jail. Now, this other one, the guy's like, I, wish, I should have set it up with Aaron and had him play it. He's just yelling at him, calling him Nazis, telling him to go. No, I will not listen to a thing you say. That's what it takes. Well, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Who cares? You know, that's what the apostles came up to Jesus and said, you know, you offended the Pharisees. (laughs) Jesus didn't care. You should have seen it. Hope brought this to my attention. That you should watch the countenance of the health safety officer that comes in there. And she's trying to talk to him. He just won't say her words. He's like, nope, no, I will not. Let's close your mouth. And all the cops are slowly shirking out the back. 
Yeah, that's how it should be. That's the anointing I carry in Home Depot. Nobody comes up to me. Nobody says a word. I usually have some sort of skull on my shirt. I already look teed off because when I pull into the parking lot, I start getting mad. I'm like, this is a, what's the matter with you, Americans? So I'm all fired up by the time I get in there. I carry an anointing of hot anger. And I'm like, get away. Don't waste your justification. Don't waste your validation. Don't waste his resurrection. His resurrection made you this. Are you ready? His resurrection made you this. Nobody puts it that way. This has just become part of Christian vernacular. 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. His own, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. That's who you are. He, the resurrection made you. We'll focus on royal priesthood. There's no more priests, there's no more mediators between God and men. I write this to you so that you will not sin, but if anybody does sin, we have one who speaks to the Father in our defense, Jesus Christ the righteous one, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. There's no mediator. He, he, he was resurrected to make you the royal priesthood, talking directly to God on your own behalf. Don't get entangled with the affairs of this life, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. That's what I'm talking about with fruit roll-ups. Juice boxes, minivans, soccer, baseball practices, your job. Don't get entangled with the affairs of this life. Put God first and watch what happens. We're worried all the time. Well, if I do this and if I do that, just put him first. Luke chapter 8, verse 14. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out. They go out. They go out to do what? I don't know, but they go out. And are choked with cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. Don't let that happen to you. Be very careful then how you live. What's, what's, what is so important to you that you never pray and never study the word? And don't hand me your five-minute prayers or your prayers over your steak. Don't hand me that. What, what's so important in life that you never pray? Tell me. I mean really pray that you get alone and you're the Lord, Holy, Holy Spirit, however long you want. Tell me, what's so important? Got to get that yard mode. That's carnal. You actually prefer hard labor to sitting in the presence of God. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desire written, written to Christians, Romans chapter 8, verse 5. Oh, we got to clean. That's more important, really. I know some of you type A wonderlands, it's all gotta be, you know. It was funny yesterday at Brindley's birthday party, watching Hope and Heather, one generation apart, I swear, somehow they're related. They've gotta track the bloodlines. Somehow they're related. As soon as you, yeah. And now there's two, and they're both in the same room right now. <laughs> it's funny because no paper was allowed to touch the floor. 
Five-year-olds open up with a scoop up. And like hope, I had to correct her with our Christmases because I was sick and tired of. There was no Christmas. You know, you're supposed to have the giant wad. You open up all your presents and you have the giant wad on the floor. It stays there all day. That's Christmas. That's what's supposed to happen. Hope's running around. Before you could hit your paper, even hit the floor, scoops it up, puts it in its proper location. And I finally had to tell her, I want it all on the floor. It's one of those times where I'm the priest of the home. You have to submit to me. I want all the trash on the floor. <laughs> Period. So she sits there. She, she endures it as long as she possibly can. And she actually comes up to me, can I clean it up now every Christmas? Can I clean it? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, <laughs> go forth. <laughs> Enjoy. It's the joy of your life. Go get it. <laughs> so I know a lot of us, everything, ha- no, you know, you need, to, you need to go ahead and say to God, what are you bringing to me? <laughs> Ooh, really? Play that thing, bad, play that bad boy. You guys are awesome. I'm not, oh, no, you're not awesome yet. Still not awesome. <laughs> Still not awesome. You don't have it? all right Travis wave at me when you got it either Travis there's two of them up there all right where was I at what was I even talking about anybody remember okay I mean I got my stuff here so oh yeah that's all done so you just listen you need to seek God first let chips fall where they may and that what I mean by that is I don't mean that you're ever going to be sick and that you're ever not going to prosper let the chips fall where they may in the word of God and his destination for you and forget about mowing the yard and making sure that every dish is spotless. Get alone with God. And for some of us, it's less than it's just staring at a screen. We'd rather stare at a screen. Tell me why you never pray. Tell me why you never worship on your own. That's why sometimes it's like trying to start a rusty lawnmower in here for worship. Come on, come on. You're staring at screens all day. The dopamine dump that you're used to, nothing can compare. No, listen, a lot of us, were nothing more than heroin addicts. Because that's what, listen, there's not much of a difference between a dopamine addict and a heroin addict. One's legal, one's illegal. That's all. Why was Peter called Satan? See, nobody knows. But people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You should know why. Most of us don't get behind me, Satan. But you have no idea. Do you? Listen, you're like, Tom, you're a bad mouth. I don't listen. I don't care. I, I am here to jerk you into reality. Pastors have a knife and they have a staff with a hook on the end of it. Those are not friendly implements. Only the American church have made it latte sucking. Skinny jeans wearing with the careful uh, holes all over the place. Only the, ch- only the American church has made it that. Why was Peter called Satan by God? He turned and he said to Peter, got you guys, I'll tell you, get there in a second. Now I'm all fired up, so forget it. We'll get there in a second. So why was he called Satan? 
No. Get ready. Here we go. He turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, because you are not mindful of the things of God. You are mindful of the things of men. So tell me why you never pray. Tell me why you don't have scripture memorized when you're 20 years in. And how did Jesus fight off the devil? He spoke Deuteronomy. That's it. He had it memorized. So did Paul. So you say that stuff all the time. Well, when the Holy Spirit convicts me to stop because I hear all the Foundation Church Christians spouting scripture on, on, on Facebook instead of, well, wish you the best. I'm praying for you. How, How are you praying? You go ahead and you pay attention to my responses. I never go praying for you or send the hands, the emoji hands. I'm either going to send nothing or I'm going to call you on the phone and say, what are you believing for? It will not be a genteel prayer and it won't be easy on you. As we will stand in faith for absolute healing and we will go ahead and risk being disappointed. Listen, again, if you're worried about being disappointed, go sign up at LA Angel. It's open. You cannot miss it. Joe Biden has made it so you can identify as anything as you want. Anything you want. You can be 67 years old. Go sign up there and tell them you're a 12-year-old girl. They have to accept you. Just put up a big stink. I'm 12. I am a 12-year-old girl. I demand entrance. They'll be too scared not to accept you. I'm telling you. You can go do whatever you want now. I'm going to go to the airport and say I'm identifying as a pilot. Give me it. Give me it. I want a seat. And no, I'll make it easier. I'm, I am identifying as a Latino, African-American woman pilot. I want my seat. Now. Play it for me. Please, please get out. Get out of this property. Immediately get out. Get out of this property immediately. Out. I don't want to hear anything. I hear the motorcycles driving by, but I can't hear this girl. Out. There we go. Out of this property. Immediately. She's already going down one step. guys thank you get out of here you brown shirts 
Take your COVID passports and get out of here. You don't want to stand like that. You ain't going to make it to the end. You're going to strap on that COVID passport. You'll strap it on. You better be ready. You better be ready to be offensive like I am. I've told you this before. If I show up at my family reunion in May, it will not be pretty. I'm hated there. I am a pariah. Why they invite me, I have no idea, but somehow I'm invited. Darth Vader music comes on when I walk in. It is what it is. Bum, 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 bum. The kids are all fleeing. <laughs> Hide the kids, honey. Uncle Tom's here. <laughs> See, our citizenship is not here. Listen, I love the United States, but I love God more, and I love heaven more. I love the kingdom of God more. My citizenship is there first. If that means I have to renounce my citizenship here, I will. My citizenship is with God. If that means I can't be a citizen without a well-health safety seal on the door of my church, I'll no longer be a citizen. That's how serious I am. Some of you are probably wondering, what is he talking about, well health, safety seal? Listen, stop being destroyed for lack of knowledge. You should know about it. It's no different than putting Jude on windows back in Nazi Germany. It's being pushed massively by Hollywood. Well health, safety seal. Oh, it's safe. Oh, latte sucking pastor. Oh my gosh, a well health, safety seal. What do we have to do to get that? I don't know, date men? I have no idea, you clown. Our affection is not here. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Romans 4, 17, will you set your eyes on that which is not? Psalm chapter 23, verse 5, not me. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, Philippians 3.20. Colossians 3.2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. If your affection is on your husband, you're wrong. Your, your love for your husband should be a spillover effect for your love for God. If I stop today, if I start being like crybaby, like listen, five years ago, I needed to go over to LA Angel and identify myself as a 12-year-old girl and sign up myself. If I stopped, because all I did was whine and complain. I'm hurt, I'm offended, I'm quitting, whatever. If I quit tomorrow, it'd have no effect on my wife. None. She would either find another church, she would do something else. It would never stop her because her love for me is spillover for her love for God. It is not love for me first. You seek God first and he'll add everything to you. Why don't we do it? Tell me why you don't pray then. Why are you not studying the word? Why is there no time for God carved out? Why does it even need to be carved out when we're told to seek him first? Our citizenship's not here, our affection is not here, why? Why? See, we don't know the answers to these questions, which is why the church is closed worldwide today. David Bradshaw, our guitar player, had to go up to Michigan for two months to help his brother with his house. He likes to poke at me. 
He sends me pictures. He does it on purpose. We're close friends. He does it on purpose. He's messing with me. He sends me pictures from churches in Michigan. The People's Republic of Michigan. The last one he sent me was, we're all, you know, come to Easter service at some stupid church up there. Tommy you shouldn't say that. I'll say it, stupid church. Peter, Peter just called, got called Satan. I, I, choose, I choose stupid over Satan. And it says, you know, come to our, our Easter service, but make sure you have a mask on. It's on their big marquee. See, we think things are different because we have Ron DeSantis. And we have Pastor Rodney Howard Brown. The reason why Ron DeSantis is Ron DeSantis is because of Rodney Howard Brown taking a stand. The church always leads the way. You're like, Tom, you're just a Rodney Howard Brown fan. I didn't even know him then. He took a stand and made DeSantis move. DeSantis honors God too. He's a Christian man. But listen, not to Rodney Howard Brown's level. When Rodney took a stand, it forced the governor to say, do I really want to deal with the ire of the church? Yeah. Nobody else is scared of the church. I'll get to that. That's how we're going to close today. Nobody else is scared of the church at all. Not at all because of latte suckers. I have relatives today attending a church that will, their website looks identical to ours. And they're rejoicing in their preparation. Hey, we're ready for Easter. Then they got a picture of the pastor, the associate pastor, all masked up in their sanctuary, scrubbing stuff down with alcohol gel. And everybody in here knows this church. Garbage church. Garbage. It's one of the many refugee camps from this church. People are too scared to come here, go there. People got offended here, go there. Sorry, I told you you're going to hell when you are. Go there. They won't say a word to you. Hell's still hot. Whether they tell you or not. See, that was poetry right there. You missed it, but it was poetry. So why is our citizenship somewhere else and not here? Why is our affection somewhere else and not here? Why? Because you are of the Levitical order. You're a royal priesthood. You're like Aaron and his sons permanently. You're of the Levitical order. Things have changed for you. You are a royal priesthood and a holy nation, his own special people. That's who you are. That's why your citizenship is not here. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Jeremiah 1.5, that's you. That's what the resurrection's about. He was delivered over to death for your sins and he was raised to life to justify you in the Levitical order. Our citizenship is not here. We're only about the kingdom. That should be your life. No, man, I've got to run a business. I've got a wife. I've got, no. Your life should be about the kingdom. Spill over, take care of way more than you could ever accomplish. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think according to the power that works in you, Ephesians 3.20. The power that works in you, by the way. Matthew 4.17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We're all about the kingdom. That's what Jesus was about. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's all that should matter to you in life. You set your affection on the kingdom of God. 
It's not some sort of far out thing either. It's how you pray. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth right now as it is in heaven. It's not a far out thing. It's a day by day. It's an absolute day by day application. We are all about the kingdom only. See, a lot of people are sidetracked by offense. They get one little thing happens and they're off. What happened to the kingdom? Before you get offended and you make a move, listen to me, some of you really need to hear this. Before you get offended and you make a move, have you prayed and fasted over that move? Have you sought the kingdom? Or do you just make it based on your feelings? Feelings, oh, feelings. Oh, I'm offended. Have you prayed over that? Have you fasted over that? Before you make your move? LA Angels right there. That's what 12-year-old girls do. Right there. Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. Actually, 19 through 21. We're all about the kingdom. All right, Heather, make your move, please. Thank you. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. What does it say? Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth. Where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, I've told you for years, there will your heart be also. Most Christians, their heart is in the minivan. Their heart is in their job. Their heart is in their business. Their heart is in their feelings. Your heart should be the kingdom, period. Life cannot be that simple. Yes, it is. Try actually putting him first and watch and see what happens. Where do you get this stuff from, Tom? Let's look at Numbers chapter 18, verse 20. Then the Lord said to Aaron, you shall have no inheritance in their land, no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion, and I am your inheritance among the children of Israel. You don't have a portion here. Stop trying to gather it. You don't have an inheritance here. Jesus said, God says, I am your portion. You're the Levitical order. Who is the Lord speaking to? The Levitical order, Aaron the priest, of which you now are. You shall have no inheritance in their land, nor shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion. I am your inheritance among the children of Israel. Think about that. Aaron spent just as much time in the desert as anybody else, and this is what he finds out? But, I, listen, but that last part... I'm your portion. I'll take it. I'd rather have him. I'm your portion. I'm, I'll take you, God. I'll take you, Jesus. I'll take you, Holy Spirit. I'll take you. I'd rather have you than silver and gold. I'd rather have you than the esteem of men. You're my portion. You're my inheritance. But the kingdom of heaven doesn't come easy. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. 
That means telling people to shove their masks up their caboose. You're afraid, stop being afraid. If you ever watch me watch sports, one thing I cannot stand is people starting to ball when they win. <laughs> First thing I tell them is not stop the crying. I can't even enjoy watching you. You're gonna have to steal, have a steel spine. This doesn't sound very Christ-like, really? Are you sure, do you read the Bible? Endless warfare in the Bible and the New Testament. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. When somebody comes up to you with a mask or a well-health safety seal, you look them in the eye like I did that nurse and said, I don't give a crap about that. Just like that pastor. I mean, how many cops does the health worker need? Six? Six cops to go talk to this guy? Get out! Get out! I'm gonna fangirl all over that guy. I gotta find out who he is. I'm gonna fangirl all over him. It's like I do with Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Whenever I see him, I don't know what my problem is. I fangirl on him. <laughs> oh, Jonathan. I love him. He's great. <laughs> Pastor Rodney, I'm just a little scared of. Jonathan, I fangirl over. <laughs> so how do we take it by force? Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Yeah. Woo! As simple as that. Tom, don't come over. We've all got the flu. I'm coming. At the door. No, don't touch me. I got the cold. Come on, give it to me. Kiss me right on the lips. I know it's inappropriate. Kiss me right on the lips. God sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Kiss me on the lips. I'll show you that I'm not afraid of your cold. I'll make it all men. All the men have to kiss me on the lips. Come on, Jer. Get up here and kiss me on the lips. <laughs> He's like, no, my wife's way hotter. <laughs> I know, but we're making a point, man. Get up here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> huh? Beard on beard. Beard on, yeah, beard on, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You mix that in. That's all right. Beard on beard crime. <laughs> I can go on a whole montage on that, I won't. I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> Luke chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, sending out the 12. Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons, over all devils, and to cure diseases. Then what did he do? He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent go out and heal the sick. The violent go out and preach the kingdom. 
You were, Jesus was raised to life to validate your power to do those things. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, to somehow be raised back to life so somehow I can attain to the resurrection from the dead. You know what the problem is? I'm heading towards the end. You know what the problem is with Joe Biden? You, you know what, though? Get ready. I'm going to pick on you, too. Do you know what the problem, and myself, do you know what the problem is with the Democratic Party? <laughs> What's the problem with the Republican Party? You answer the question the same way that you just said that one. They're no different. I heard the greatest analogy. If you saw this on the podcast last night, I apologize for the redundancy. But a guy that I follow on Facebook and Twitter called Anomaly, he said this, he goes, here's the problem, is that the Democrats move the line and the Republicans maintain the line. And then the Democrats move the line and then the Republicans maintain the line. Let's just hold it now. Let's just hold where we're at. Let's not take any new ground. Let's not take back ground we've lost. We're $32 trillion in debt a month from now. But we'll just keep holding the line. Nobody makes a move. The national debt went up precipitously under Trump. Rodney Howard Brown was arrested under Trump. Move the line, maintain the line. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence. The violent do not maintain the line. We take new ground and we take back lost ground. Some of you and your families, you've lost some ground. You need to take it back. You need to go to relatives and you need to take it back. Look them in the eye. Take your life back. What's wrong with the World Economic Forum? What's wrong with the Great Reset? What's wrong with the who? What's wrong with Planned Parenthood? What's wrong with Tony Fauci and the CDC? What's wrong with the vaccine pushers and the vaccine passport pushers? What's wrong with them? What's the problem with any of these people? I'm gonna tell you in closing today. They're not afraid of you. No, Tom, no. they should be afraid of God. Oh, really? You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. He was resurrected to empower you, to validate you. They should be afraid of you. Look at the look on that health worker's face. Get out! Get out, get Gestapo! They should be afraid of you. But Christians refuse the mantle. No, that's not loving. You, you, how can you defy love's word in the name of love? How do, you defy, how do you defy the Bible, which was written by love? God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16, he is love. He wrote the Bible. There are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. How do you defy what the Word of God is? And it's love that wrote the Word in the name of love. They refuse the mantle. I don't want anybody you know, to be scared of me. I want to win them. You know, I want to read Bill Highbell's book. Oh, I slept. I'm not supposed to use any names this month. <laughs> the seeker-sensitive. 
the seeker-sensitive church. I'm gonna read that, I'm gonna read that. I'm gonna win the loss that way by being gentle. You ever read Jesus? Where was he gentle? I'm flat out telling you that most Christians, if they read the Bible, would renounce their faith. They would, they'd walk away. They found out that Jesus isn't Christ-like. Christians refused the mantle, they refused the authority. He called his 12 disciples together and gave them power over all devils and over all disease. Any clothes? 384 days into 15 days to flatten the curve and you're wearing masks? And you still think it's virtuous? Peddling, peddling vaccines from the pulpit? It's absolute truth. You're just spoiled because you're under the light of this glory all the time. <laughs> it's not like that in most churches. I'm talking 99.9%. One of the things that Hope and I laughed at the other day because Pastor Rodney is calling me about the he never gets over the video that I shot out here in the parking lot, screaming at the camera for 38 minutes straight without a breath. And one of the things that I said in there was, and my voice went real high, I said, Christians, you'll be the first, that's how I sounded too, first to take the mark of the beast. I'm telling you right now, Christians will knock out, knock out of the way unbelievers like a fullback to put that well-health safety seal on their church doors. They'll line up, they'll line up for it. I'm first, no, I'm first. You're essential, no, you're essential. I'm first. I want the, come on, Bob De Niro, I want your approval. Let me just bow down and kiss your rear end. You boot-licking latte sucker. Harem eunuch. Corralled gelding you can't even you can't stand up now 384 days in most christians won't repent out of pride their pride will go right before their destruction they won't they, no you know we've we've sowed so much into we've invested so much into these bold faced satanic hellbound lies and we've got to just sell out to the end great great that's great theology hey we're open for easter we're all masked up Satan is the father of lies. His native language is lies, and you're espousing lies, and you put his mark on your face. How is it supposed to be? The world's not scared of us. Christians thinks, think that it's loving to capitulate and collaborate and cooperate. They think it's loving. It's not the Bible, that's not what Jesus did. He never capitulated, never collaborated, never cooperated. Well, we're supposed to obey the law. I get it, yeah, don't murder people. If you're speeding, pull over. That's what Romans 13's about, not, not tyranny. It's amazing to me that the same Christians that went home from this church under the guise of Romans 13 send copious thousands of dollars to the same people violating Romans 13 in China. They're violating their ruling authorities, having Bible studies. 
They're violating our ruling authorities according to how you read ruling authorities by meeting in church. But you'll support them and not us, thou hypocrite. First cast out the beam out of thine own eye and then shalt thou see clearly cast out the moat out of thy brother's eyes, you hypocrite. That's Matthew 7, 5. How's it supposed to be? Most Christians, they, they just, they refuse the mantle of power. They refuse the mantle of the world being afraid of them. They refuse the mantle of authority. So I'll close with this. How is it supposed to be? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are that temple. And you close your church? You're afraid of the world? Finish with this. We're gonna go Numbers chapter 12, one and two, and Numbers chapter 12, four through eight, and we're done. This is how it's supposed to be. Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because the Ethiopian woman who had, whom he had married for he had married an Ethiopian woman. I don't know why it's written that way, but it is. <laughs> so they said, has the Lord indeed spoken through Moses? Has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Whoops! <laughs> Whoops, or as, as Chris Farley would say, whoopsie-daisy, Matt Foley. Suddenly the Lord said to Moses and Aaron and said to Moses, Aaron and Miriam, come out you three <laughs> to the tabernacle of meeting. That's with an exclamation mark. So the three came out. Then the Lord came down in the, in the pillar of, the of a cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron, Aaron and Miriam and they both went forward. Then he said, this part I memorized. Hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I the Lord make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He's faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? You are that. Moses, Levitical order, brother to Aaron of the Levitical order, and nobody's scared of us. Not a soul. It's been, the mantle has been completely ignored. They should be nervous to tamper with the church. But because the church is identical to the world, they're not. They should be scared to come in here. I can tell you they are scared to come in here. When I had that guy trespassed who came and tried to interrupt my Facebook Live in my truck, my final one, before Aaron and Tommy launched me into podcasting, I had a lunatic come out and try to interfere with my podcast. So being the timid person that I am, 
I had the cops go to his house and trespass his rear end. Bye. Now, when the cop came, I said, hey, how you doing, man? I'm, I'm Tom Lipley. And he goes, I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> they know. This is that church. This is that church. Good. I think it was Gina Scott said, it, worship team, you guys can make your way. She works at Publix. And some lady was standing in line she, with her all masked up. And the lady goes, I wish that I had a place to go to church tomorrow. And one of the other cashiers goes, well, there's a church that's open that doesn't do any masking whatsoever. And, the, and one of the other people around goes, yeah, we have some of those that work here. Good, good, good. Stand out, come out from among them and be separate. Stop blending in. Stop being camouflaged. Why then were you not afraid? Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? That's you. You're of the Levitical order, the royal priesthood. The holy nation is you. You're no different. You're better. You have a better covenant. Remember, they had to go to the tent of meeting. The tent of meeting is on the inside of you. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to mortal bodies. You have more than they do. And the church, let it go. Don't let it be you. Be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of today, the most of every opportunity. Seek God first. You're a priest. What else do you have to do? What else do you have to do? Well, you know, we got all these plans. You know what? Cancel them all. Radical times call for radical action. Go after God. Psalm 84.10 says, better is one day in your courts. I don't care how many years you've wasted. Today is the day of salvation. Better is one day in his courts. I would rather be a doorkeeper for the kingdom of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Psalm 84.10, memorize that when you get home too. Man, this guy is yelling at us today. That's right. If God wants me to stop, then I'll become softer. I don't see that happening. Because I see you differently than you see you. I look out here and I'm scared. It's the power that's in this room. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I have a fear of what's in this room, a holy fear. Because you are the Levitical order. You are the royal priesthood. That's why he was raised from the dead to validate you in that. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on give.